Amen. Good morning again. This morning we continue our study on Advent as we follow, follow along with the CWC um, lighting of the Advent candles. And we've kind of looked at the different traditions and the different things of why we do uh, and light these candles. And I've often shared with you all that I thought we just lit these candles so the ladies would have an opportunity to take up money. And so we got a chance to take up money this morning, but there's still more to be learned than just an opportunity to take up an offering. And this morning we're going to be talking about the candle of joy. And we're also going to be, it's, they lit the pink candle. I've always wondered why there were three purple ones and one pink one. And as I looked it up, I found different ideas about what it was and why it's a different color. But most people agree that it kind of shows a transition for us. A transition to uh, more of an anticipation and a shift to celebration, much like the shepherds did whenever they found Jesus. So they heard the good news about Jesus and came and found Him. So this is a celebratory time. And this morning we have a message that is very much about celebration when we think about joy. And yet we're also going to look at how joy can sometimes be elusive. Joy can be difficult. And joy can be something that is very hard to find in the midst of a lot of brokenness. I want to begin, though, by thanking you for your Christ's birthday offering, and it goes to the CWC National Offices, if I'm not mistaken, and also to the National Offices of the Church of God, and they do many different ministries, and so it's good to be a part of that as we reach out and help in a different way. The last two weeks, we have been examining uh, the candle of uh, hope and the candle of love. And if you remember, we talked about Joseph, and we talked about the true hope that he had even when circumstances say no. And then we looked at the wise men and how love lives courageously whenever life looks away, about how sometimes we go through difficulties and yet it's important for us to still be courageous and still to love and still to follow Christ. Today we kind of keep in that same vein, if you will, and we're going to look at when joy sees beauty when we feel broken. Joy sees beauty when we feel broken. I want to start off with a very familiar passage of Scripture this morning. It's Luke chapter number 2. In the first seven verses, every time I think about Christmas, I think about the Luke passage that describes the birth of Jesus Christ. It is one of my favorite passages and one that we're all very familiar with. We hear this time and time again, and yet I still think we need to hear it time and time again. We need to be reminded of why we celebrate Christmas. We can be so caught up in what's going on around us that we can forget why we do this. My wife and I are making our Christmas plans for the year or for this coming up for the next few weeks here. And we've got to go here. We've got to go there. We've got to go to this place. We've got to try to make time for that. And we've got to drive home and all these different things. And it's so easy to get caught up in the stuff of Christmas that we forget why we do it. I made the mistake, and I think that's the right word I want to use, Reba. We went to the mall yesterday. <laughs> it was my own fault, and I knew better. But I did find Reba there, so she was as ignorant as I was when it came, I guess. So <laughs> both of us were there at the mall talking and holding up traffic. It was so, much, it was so frustrating sometimes. You try to be happy, you try to be excited, and I'm like, I'm at the mall <laughs> with all these other people. I'll be honest with you, if I was honest, I didn't really think a whole lot about the true meaning of Christmas while I was at the mall. I thought about who I could shove down <laughs> and why those people were in my way. And why did I ever agree to come there? 
Because it's easy to get distracted. And it's easy to feel like we get caught up in the brokenness, doesn't it? Because sometimes we feel like there's a lot of brokenness around us. We're going to look at the story of Mary and Joseph and the birth of Christ. And then I want to bring a few things to your attention that I never noticed before. But it's Luke chapter number 2. And verse number 1 says this, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In some ways, it would be easy when we hear that story and we think about the last few weeks that we've discussed Mary and Joseph and the things and the wise men and the things that, that everybody has been facing as we go through this. Part of us might say, Mary and Joseph have come through some very difficult times. Mary and Joseph have come through some of the hardest parts, if you will, of this new adventure might be the word that I want to use that they're on. We saw where Joseph came through a lot of distrust. When we read about his story, when he found out Mary was pregnant, he knew he wasn't the father. And one of the first things to come to his mind that the Scripture tells us, he was going to put her away privately. He was going to put her away quietly, if you will, and just kind of let this be gone and not really worry about it and just kind of put it behind him, if you will. We think about Mary. We looked at her, and I have no doubt that she had a lot of fears. I can imagine the doubts that she would have had as she began to think about all the uncertainty of all the plans that she had made. I know when my wife and I were planning on getting married, we made all kinds of plans. We were going to do this, we were going to do that. We were talking about a house, talking about families, talking about all kinds of different things. And we discussed how, just like that, it seemed like everything would have changed in their life. Just like that, everything would have been different. That has to bring a certain level of fear. That has to bring a certain uh, amount of doubt to what the future at least might look like. Both of them probably felt inadequate. Both of them may have thought, why me? I'm not ready to meet this challenge. I'm not ready to face this. I'm not ready to go through this. And yet we also discovered that during that time, they both learned a greater trust in God. They both learned to trust Him in a way that they probably, excuse me, never imagined. They both took great steps of faith. You might even call it leaps of faith. It would have been easy to walk away. It would have been easy for Joseph to say, I'm finished with this situation. And yet, when the Lord told him the news from the angel, when he got that message from the Lord through the angel, excuse me, we see where he said, I'm going to follow. That is a leap of faith forward as he went through. He was ready and prepared. They both had chosen hope. They both had chosen love, as we've been talking about the last two weeks. And when I think about that, I'm like, what a great story it is. Here they are now, having this baby. Except when you dig a little deeper, you find out that they still face some troubles. It wasn't just that they had had these dreams and all of a sudden there's a baby there. 
Now we find that they had to go on a journey. They are going to be taxed by the leader. They're going to be taxed by the governor. I don't like to be taxed. That's never a fun thing. When it gets time for my taxes and I have to go see my tax lady, the only, that's the only thing I ever call her. Like, let's go see the tax lady. Every time I go see whether I'm getting money back or whether I've got to give them money, there's always a certain nervousness about that. I'm like, boy, I hope everything turns out all right. I hope I've been careful with everything. I pray I've got everything in order when I get there. And it's just one of those things that's kind of unnerving. Even though you do the best of everything you could, you're just like, oh, I hope everything turns out. There's a weight there. There's a burden there. And we see them, they're going to be taxed. We also find that she's also very pregnant. I guess that might be the word that I want to use there. Now, I want to go ahead and say that every child is a blessing from conception. And yet we find her very far along in the process. And this would have been a difficult travel for Mary. This would have been something that would have been very, very hard. This was not easy. This would not have been a fun trip. I have never been pregnant. Let me go ahead and say that. Although me and Alana had a baby, that's what I tell people. I was like, we are parents. But I can remember when Autumn was little, she slowed down some the further along she got in her pregnancy. She didn't move as quick as she used to. And she said, I hurt here and here and here and here. And I've got all these problems, all these trials, and all these difficulties. And I, whew, wearing me out. <laughs> I know I'm in trouble when I get home. <laughs> this would have been a journey for Mary. This would have been something that would have been very, very difficult. This would have been a hard path for her. We always picture her riding on the donkey. When she always looks like she's, like she's having a pretty good trip. I've never ridden on a donkey. I got a feeling it doesn't ride like a Cadillac. I got a feeling that would have been a hard, hard trip. On top of what they were going there to do. I often picture her and Joseph by themselves. I don't know if the Bible really tells us that. But we picture them on this journey going. The Bible doesn't tell us what else is going on around them. And the truth is, at this time she probably would have needed her family. It's been nice to have your mother and your father around, your cousins, your friends. She go through this difficult time. We think, well, all the hard parts are over. And yet now, at least from the Scriptures, we don't see where any of those people are around her. Now, perhaps they can't, had to come on the journey as well. Perhaps they were close by. And yet we don't see where she had that same level of familiarity and that same support system right there through the whole thing. Kind of a time to be alone. We also find when they get there on their trip, there's no room for them. We came all this way. I had to, if it's riding a donkey or whatever it looked like, and you get there to the motel or whatever, the, the inn, we don't have any room for you. I can only imagine the thought is, what else could go wrong? This has just been a disaster from the start. Oftentimes we feel that way when we look sometimes at how life turns out. They come all this way and all these problems and all these trials, and we don't even have a place to stay. How easy is it to be distracted, to struggle, to see the beauty in God's plans? How difficult is it for us to see God working in our lives when things don't turn out the way we want them to? Mary and Joseph had plans. 
They no doubt had made plans for the future. And now all those plans, even though they've changed, things still aren't going very smoothly. Things still aren't very easy. Things still aren't going extremely well like we often picture our life going. Sometimes it's hard for us today in this present world to see joy, to see peace because of all the brokenness. And there's not only brokenness in the world, there's brokenness in our country. There's not only brokenness in our country, there's brokenness in our community. There's not only brokenness in our community, there's brokenness in our families. Sometimes in ourselves. And it just seems like such a weight that keeps weighing down and coming upon us in a way that we just can't imagine how there's ever going to be a path out. Sometimes, church, it's hard to find joy. Now, when I think of joy, I think of skipping through the tulips, gumdrops and lollipops and happiness, and just smiles all the way around. And yet, sometimes joy is more than that. Joy doesn't always just come in the form of a smile. It comes in a praise of the heart. The passion and emotion acquired by the expectation of good is what one definition says. Another states it this way, the happy state that results from being, uh, excuse me, from knowing and serving God. I like that one. One of my favorite ones was this. Joy is defined as the fruit of a right relationship with God. That was one of my favorite ones. The fruit of a right relationship with God. It is not something people can create by their own efforts. It's hard to make yourself joyful, isn't it? I have tried to learn to love going to the mall at Christmas time. I can't. I think I'll be excited when I get there. I think it'll be great when I get there. And it's just like I remember every time I get there. Perhaps if I put more focus on how much Atlanta likes the mall. Perhaps if I focused on what a joy it is that I have the opportunity to give a gift to someone. What if I put my focus back on Christ and think, wow, I have the health to get out here. And all these people in some small way are celebrating with me. Maybe not in the way I'd always like to see, but they're celebrating with me in some small way. In many ways, joy can be explained as recognizing the goodness of God working in our lives and remembering the hope that He gives each and every one of us, even in the midst of a broken world. And yet oftentimes, we don't even allow God to reveal a true joy into our lives because we're too focused on the brokenness. We're too focused on what's wrong. We're too focused on the failures not only of ourselves, but of others. It's easy to look around and go, you messed up here and here and here and here. What a mess. I've had it up to here. And sometimes that's how we feel, isn't it? Sometimes that's the, the thoughts that come into our, to our mind. And God wants to reveal a greater joy to us, and yet if we're not careful, we can't see it. We're too distracted. Sometimes we fail to recognize just the simple blessings that He gives us. Just the simple things. And those are the most important things. Open my eyes this morning. I could see. Got out of the bed this morning. I could walk. 
I got a chance to huff at the mall and complain. I could fill my lungs up with air. I had the strength to complain. I had the strength to gripe. I had the strength to whine. God's been good to me. And yet sometimes we forget even those things. We fail to rest and to recognize the true comfort of trusting in the Lord. And it's oftentimes not because we don't want to, not because we don't know who He is, but because we're distracted. It's because we're discouraged. It's because we're full of doubt. Even though we know God is able, but oh how easy it is to fall into those things. When I think about distractions, we are often distracted by the brokenness in the world around us. Sicknesses, addictions, sin. They just seem like mountains around us. They just seem so big. They just seem insurmountable. We're distracted by those things. We're often distracted by bad news. Turn on the news, you hear all kinds of things. All kinds of terrible things going on around us in the world. Destroy lives. Some natural disaster, some terrible crime. If you spend too much time thinking about it, looking at it, it'll get you down. And you forget the joy that you have. And there's just the regular old things that we often think about. Greed and envy and hatred. It just seems like they're all around us and on all sides. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can get drawn into those things. We can get focused on those things. Sometimes if we're not careful, we're the ones that might feed into that drama. We might gossip about it. We might be telling things that we ought not to. We might be enabling it. We might be doing all kinds of things. And we can get drawn into that and go, man, guess what I heard? And then we just pass on, pass on the, the distractedness or the discouragement, all the different things that go on. We've got to be careful. Sometimes we just seem to be swept up by the mess of other people around us. You know what? Sin's just like a terrible cancer sometimes. It just spreads and eats and destroys. Maybe we didn't do anything wrong, but we just seem to be caught up in what's going on around us. And we can't stop long enough to say, God, you're still good. And Lord, I'm still blessed. And I ought to have a joy in my heart. Sometimes we get discouraged. Oftentimes by the broken relationships around us. I was sharing in the earlier service that it's easy to get caught up looking at Facebook. Now, I just recently got a Facebook page in the last four or five years, so I'm kind of behind most people. But Facebook is one of those things that can be a very good connection tool for people. It's good to be able to see what's going on. I can keep up with what's going on back at home or even back in Kansas. I can see how the family's doing or how friends are doing. And I enjoy, I've seen all kinds of pictures of kids and grandkids. And you're like, well, isn't that nice? There's all kinds of good quotes on there, wonderful things. It's like, man, that's just neat. And then sometimes, if we're not careful, we can get to thinking something's wrong with our life because it doesn't look like theirs. We get a little bit discouraged. How come my relationships aren't like that? 
How come I don't look like that? How come I don't have those things? How come I'm not going on that trip? I told that me and Robbie back at Easter, we did a special video uh, here on the church. And we've been told that you look better when it's taken from the, from the height up here. The pictures look better. You see people on television, when they take a picture, they always put it in the air like that. So Robbie and I decided that we should take a higher picture of him. So I got on a chair. So here we are, me and him in the sanctuary. I'm up on a chair, holding it like this so we'll look better. I thought it turned out really good. My daughter saw the video, and the first words out of her mouth was, Dad, did you get on a chair and take that video? <laughs> yes, because it makes you look better. She knew immediately. And yet sometimes we get drawn into those things, don't we? We get distracted by that and go, wow, man, that looks good. And yet oftentimes it's just a charade. And yet we get discouraged or distracted or whatever word that you want to use because maybe we have a strained marriage. Maybe we have struggles with children. Maybe we've gone through something even worse. Maybe we got problems at work. Everybody else looks so happy at work. Maybe we got problems at work or at school or even here at church. Maybe our family and friends don't look like the people on the videos. Don't look like what's going on around us. You name it, it can be broken. And you name it, we can find it. We can find those struggles. And sometimes the truth is we're partly responsible because we feed into those things. We're a part of that. We played a part in the struggle. Sometimes it's just circumstances and misunderstandings completely out of our control. And yet the result's the same. We find ourselves discouraged by the brokenness around us and failing to see the joy. Sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, we're just doubtful. We're doubtful because we feel broken on the inside. We feel like something's wrong with us. Something's not right. And this is the one we like to hide the most often. I told you, I got a new sweater this morning. I told Alana, I said, I want you to buy me a sweater. This was not the one I wanted. When I got there, I was like, that's the wrong style. I don't like it. So I put it on this morning, just like she told me to. <laughs> I complained about the shirt. She's like, put it on, it matches. I didn't like it. But I want to hide a little bit. I want to look my best. Oftentimes, that's what we do, don't we? We put out a good face for the world. I said, I need a new sweater. You know what? New clothes won't change what's on the inside. New opportunities around us are doing stuff. Won't often fix the aching on the inside that we often have. The truth is we're doubtful, church, because we have forgotten our value to Christ. We've forgotten how much Christ loves us. He loves us so much that he died on the cross for you and I both. We don't have to be doubtful about our worth. And yet oftentimes we are. We try to cover up. We try to hide things. Try to fix things up. Oftentimes we feel like failures. Things didn't turn out the way we wanted them to. Things didn't turn out like we had planned. 
Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a whatever, fill in the blank. And yet, this is not what I thought my life would be. I'm a failure. I'm sure Mary and Joseph thought this is not what I thought my life would be. And yet, if God hadn't been a part of their life, we wouldn't be talking about Mary and Joseph, would we? And yet, because God intervened, even though things didn't go the way they planned they, that they were going to, we're still talking about them 2,000 years later. And the, the, the history and the story that they went through. We're still talking about them. Yet sometimes we forget that and we become doubtful. We feel worthless. Maybe somebody rejected us. We just don't feel like we're important. I want us to remember that God knows the cry of every heart. God knows what we're going through. He knows what we're facing. He knows how to bring joy to a troubled soul. He knows what he's doing. And yet we forget that. There's something that I want you to remember this morning. For all of the brokenness that Mary and Joseph had seen to witness, God still had a plan for their lives. Even though perhaps they were on this journey without all the people they were familiar with, God was still with them the whole way. Perhaps things didn't turn out just the way they thought they were going to, and yet God still blessed them. You see, we have a reason to be joyful even when we don't feel like it. We have a reason to be joyful because He's there. I want to show you a video as we get ready to close here. It's a story from a, it's actually the rest of our story that I didn't read. And it's also one of the most familiar characters that you see this time of the year. Because I realize that Christmas can be a difficult time for a lot of people. It's hard. I'm mad because i got to go so many places. I get overwhelmed sometimes because we got so many places to stop. And yet there are some people who have no place to stop. I'm upset because I have to buy so many gifts. I'm thankful God's blessed me with enough to buy a gift. And that I have people in my life that I want to give a gift to. Some people don't have that. You see, oftentimes we forget that this is not just a time of joy in maybe the natural sense. And yet it is always a time of joy because of what we're celebrating. As they put up this next video, Mary and Joseph's greatest joy came because Jesus was there. You know what? He's still here today.
As we get ready to get a song, I want to remind you of one statement. That with Christ, brokenness is not forever. Sometimes we feel broken. Sometimes we feel like we're going through trials, difficulties, doubts, fears, discouragements. And yet with Christ, there is always a joy in our heart. Because we have a greater hope. And we have a great love. We have Jesus Christ. As we get a verse on this morning, if you have a need this morning, maybe you need to rediscover the joy that you have in Christ. Maybe you need to rediscover the joy in Christmas. Because church, every one of us here are blessed. Because we have Him. And that's always something to be joyful about. As we get a verse of song.